0: I had t- I had mentioned this last uh, last Sunday I think and uh, I don't know I don't even know who I said it to now whether it was uh, maybe it's Sister Sharon or, or somebody but I was telling them I said I said now, br- Brother Adam and I are getting ready to trip all over each other on some things that uh, that we are that we are preaching on and I said uh, you know I don't know any way to get get around it uh, so my solution for this morning was to give Brother Adam first choice uh first first cut at some things and uh because i knew we i knew we were we were just on top of each other he's been preaching as, for brother bond and him that maybe haven't been here as much he's been preaching through the book of matthew now for 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 a long time and forever right. <laughs> but it's but i knew where he was i've been preaching for the last uh, number of weeks on the kingdom of god kingdom of heaven And uh, I had covered a number of different verses. I knew where we were at. Suddenly, we got to a convergence point. And he and I were going to be on top of the same thing. So, uh, this afternoon, if you have your Bibles, I'm just going to tell you to turn back to the uh, uh, 20th chapter of the book of Matthew. And I'm not going to uh, redo the things that Brother Adam talked about this morning. But I'm I'm going to look at some things related to that. Uh, and and I hope the Lord will bless us. We take a, take a look at it that, uh, uh, it'll, it'll be a benefit to look at it again and look at it in the lens of, or further lens of, because he's been talking verse by verse. I've told him over and over again, just for me, uh, personally, what a blessing it's been, how he goes through and links all these things together from chapter to chapter and sees the connectivity between chapter to chapter to chapter of what Jesus was teaching and preaching and talking about uh and for me uh while i have done some preaching like that not only the book of matthew for sure uh, other smaller books of the bible go from chapter to chapter uh expository preaching as they call it uh generally my preaching falls along the lines of taking various subjects and looking at those in line of scripture and what we've done over the last number of weeks is look at the subject of trying to understand, I guess for for forever and ever and ever, I've wanted to understand more about what is the Bible really teaching about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. I've heard so many misconcepts taught uh, or maybe partial concepts taught about what the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is, is that I wanted to explore it for myself and understand it. And so I began to, to delve into that and look at uh scripture to scripture to scripture and as as uh, have we been talked about here for a number of weeks <clears throat> what you find about the kingdom of heaven is a number of interesting things one uh the bible tells us in the book of luke it doesn't come with observation uh so if a man say low here or low there uh you don't follow after them but the kingdom of heaven's within you uh colossians then tells us in the uh, first chapter of the book of colossians uh, that were translated from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, uh, again reflecting what happens with the new birth. So for, for one part of this, we're translated into it by the new birth. Then, uh, then John, in the book of John, Jesus tells us when he was talking to Nicodemus that we can't see the kingdom except we be born again. Uh, so again, you get these pictures of saying, okay, there's a kingdom here uh, that you cannot see. Or that you're not translated into, or unless you're translated into it, and unless you're born again, you can't actually even see the kingdom. Uh, So we began to think about the fact that it's an invisible kingdom in a sense of it's not a worldly kingdom, it's not stationed in Washington or Rome or uh, Jerusalem or anywhere else in this world that you can go and find a headquarters for it. Uh, So it's not a worldly kingdom, but it does have a king. Uh, He is seated upon the throne. Uh, He is reigning and ruling today, and the kingdom is is within us because of the new birth. Now, he tells us then the probably more interesting thing, at least for me, over the course of the last number of weeks, uh, has been to think about that except a man humble himself as a little child, he cannot enter into the kingdom uh see if you try to apply all these things, either one, to be the church, I think you 've you've, you've made one mistake. If you try to apply them all eternally then you 've got you 've got another problem on your hands uh, because uh, humbling ourselves as a little child will not cause us to enter into the eternal portals of of heaven uh, and uh, being humble as a little child, while, it, uh, while all of us ought to humble ourselves as a little child to enter into the church, uh, I don't think that's what's under consideration. But I do believe what's under consideration is the attitude and the spirit of the child of God, born again, translated into his kingdom, already, uh, already uh, uh, fulfilled of the new birth of Jesus Christ through the spirit uh, which blows upon us like the wind and comes and borns us again, all of those things having already happened, then if we want to enter into his kingdom, we need to humble ourselves. Uh, uh, the Bible says, tells us over and over again, uh, or, or tells us as he's teaching through these things about the kingdom, uh, that the kingdom's nigh to people. Uh, Jesus Christ came preaching. Uh, John the Baptist, Jesus Christ, Jesus uh, Christ, Philip, the evangelist, uh, the Apostle Paul, all came preaching and talking about the fact that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, but there were people that were there, uh, and even though they had the ability to see it through the new birth, uh, the Bible says on occasions they were close to the kingdom but not, had not maybe entered into the kingdom. So I think the challenge for us from Sunday to Sunday to week to week, from day to day, is to say... You know, I don't want to just see it. I want to enter into it. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God actively uh, in my life. I want, God, and, and I think what that what that means is is we have to kind of transform ourselves into a mind and a state of thinking, uh, scriptural thinking. I'm gonna say it again. You know, you just conjure up something in your head. But go and start thinking about this scripturally. And when we begin to think about it scripturally, to say, yes, uh, today, here I am, Charles Kitchens. uh, I'm under the power and authority of the President of the United States. Uh, I'm under the power and authority of the governor of Alabama. I'm under the power and authority of rulers of this world and the laws that they have. But there's also a, a, a kingdom that I'm a part of that has rules that are high. Rules that I'm to abide by and keep. it when I see myself as a member of that kingdom, of that of that uh, empire, if you want to call it that, uh, of this of uh, a kingdom which is both in this world but not of the world. Uh, It's here, uh, uh, but it's not a worldly kingdom. When I see that that's the kingdom that rules my life and I want to enter into it every day, and what I want to do is I want to see that king high and lifted up, and I want to see pictures more, as Brother Adam talked to us this morning, how all of these parables, love these parables, where the kingdom of heaven is likened to this. And he's given us little pictures. He wants us to see the kingdom operates a certain way. Uh, and it operates by rules. Brother Adam hit the, hit the nail on the head this morning. It operates by rules that are opposite of the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, in, in this world, power, authority, position is everything. Uh, in the kingdom of heaven, and uh, the kingdom of God, uh, power and authority and position are everything but... <laughs> it's, the position po- of the, it's the position of your power and the type of your authority. Uh, you're in the, in the kingdom of God. Your position of authority is down on your knees and humble yourself like a little child. Uh, uh, your position is not uh, standing up and, and seeking the chief seats like the Pharisees did. Uh, the exalted seats of the synagogue where everybody bragged on them for having the chief seats. Uh, uh, our place is to be as a servant like Jesus was and these, these lessons that he goes through. And talks about it. if you follow right on through twenty, and where Brother Adam will go in coming in coming days, uh, uh, as we get into this, uh, there you have these sons of Zebedee coming to uh, uh, Jesus, or the mother of the sons of Zebedee coming and say, "Which of my two boys can so one on the right hand and one on the left hand?" Uh, uh, and uh, he begins to tell her. First of all, he said it's not mine to give; it's my father's to give these to give these positions. Uh, and secondly, he says he says uh, uh, it shall not be so. let let me read this. I'm diving ahead of where I want to go, but anyway, he says in verse twenty-five of Matthew twenty, you know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great are great exercise authority upon them. So, again, dominion, authority, position is what matters in the Gentile kingdoms. But then verse 26 of Matthew 20 says this, But it shall not be so among you. You're not to operate this way. I'm going to say this. I know this is recorded. I know Brother Adam posts things out there, but but it's okay. Uh, because I can, I can, I can count it in the right way. I'll, I will be kind. I will delete one thing that was there in the tip of my tongue and, uh, and be, uh, there are, there are churches in this world. Uh, there are churches that are all about uh, authority, position, power, you uh, and they're, they're, they are ruled by hierarchy. Uh, you can't do anything unless the next hierarchy tells you it's okay, or the next hierarchy, or the next hierarchy, and so forth and so on. Jesus looks at his disciples and says, The Gentiles work this way, but it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And that wasn't talking about the pastor-teacher. He says, uh, Let him be your minister, or the person that ministers among you. Uh, and he says, And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your... Servant, who's supposed to be chief in the kingdom of God? The servant's supposed to be chief, uh, and then Jesus goes on and says, "Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give His life a ransom for many." He's the example again. The example is He didn't come here to become the uh, uh, become the. Uh, the ruler of the of, of the Jews. He didn't come here to be the king of the Jews. I know they put that on his uh, on his crucifix as he died, king of the Jews, uh, and he didn't deny that he was the king of the Jews. He didn't come to be the worldly king of the Jews, okay? Uh, and so uh, he uh, he came into this world, he came to be a servant. That's the reason he went from city to city preaching the kingdom of God. He went city to city. He, you know, you and I you and I don't have the gifts of, of going in and healing people like Jesus did. But you know what Jesus did? He took the gift he had. <laughs> uh, and I say that kind of like loosely. Yes, he was the son of God. But, uh, but uh, he took what gifts he had as the son of God. He went from city to city to city and used them and made use out of it. God God expects us to be servants in the same way. He wants us to take the gifts we have and get out and use them. He wants us to go and do what He's blessed us by His grace, His mercy, His gift, His calling. Get out and use it, okay? Uh, So uh, now then, now we're going to back up to where, where uh, where we're looking at this morning. So... All those parables are talking about the kingdom of heaven is likened to the sower. The kingdom of heaven is likened to this. Uh, uh, as brother, brother Adam mentioned this morning, you know, you, you get all those beautiful parables over there in, uh, in Matthew 13 where it says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in a field. Uh, that when the man found it, he went and so, uh, sold all that he had to buy the field. Uh, the, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man uh, uh, that's seeking the goodly pearls. And when he found the one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had uh, and purchased that one, one pearl. The, 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 all of these things are given to give us pictures of what the kingdom of heaven is like, some of them I believe re- relates very much to the kingdom of heaven in a timely sense, while we're living here, how we how we walk, how we live, uh, and so forth. And uh, uh, it's like a like a mustard seed, you know, the smallest of all seeds. It sprung up and made a beautiful tree, and the, and all the, that all the birds of the field might find a place to come and and be under that tree and find shade and so forth. All of these things are pictures of the kingdom. It's a beautiful place to go visit, to have shade, to have nourishment, uh, to to have treasure, uh, uh, to have uh, uh, the goodly pearl of one price. But we've got to see that the kingdom of heaven for you and me is more valuable than anything else in this world. Uh, uh, It's more valuable being uh, the chief of all princes, the chief of all uh, uh, kings, the chief of anything in this world. To be just a servant in the kingdom of God, what a beautiful blessing it is. For us uh, to walk and to live in these things, so here we have, uh, uh, as was mentioned a few weeks ago, here we have a rich young ruler. Uh, I want to uh, take a look at this if we can, just a moment, because we have a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus and wants to know, you know, what can I do that I might have eternal life? Uh, and Jesus says, "Well, you need to, you know, keep the keep the commandments. You know, thou shalt not, uh, and, and I'd have to go and maybe make sure I read all these. Uh, uh, but anyway, you know, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou. Shall not to do this. He says all and thou shalt not commit adultery. He says all these I've done from my youth up. Jesus says one thing thou lackest go and sell all the chav. I, I'll tell you uh, for for us you know as brother Adam mentioned this morning you know uh, we, we can get so much thinking of uh, And and today, uh, this, this, this subject this morning and what I'm looking at a little bit this afternoon is so timely because today everyone says, everybody's favorite saying these days is, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. It's not fair. This is not fair. Everything's not fair out there. Somebody somewhere is afraid they're not being done fairly. Uh, okay? Uh, and so uh, uh, the whole lesson, part of the lesson here in this is, is you know what? We serve a sovereign God that does, that works His will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay His hand or say to Him, what doest thou? You know why? Because he's God and we're not. Uh, it's his kingdom, by the way, and he can run it just like he wants to, any way he wants to. Uh, and uh, and uh, so here, this rich young ruler came, and he was uh, he was concerned about uh, uh, having eternal life and wanting to be able to uh, lay hold of that while he was here. And if we turn over to Mark chapter ten uh, real quickly, uh, because some of these things, things as Brother Adam has mentioned this morning, uh, are mentioned. You know, in other places in the scripture and sometimes you'll get one little nugget over there or one in one of these other scriptures where one of the other writers gave you a detail uh, that maybe the others didn't give you so here in mark chapter 10 uh it says uh We'll start with verse seventeen. It says, When he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, and that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Now he knows the heart. He knows what you know and what I know and what everyone else knows. So Jesus looks at him and says, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Uh, defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I observe from my youth. Uh, from my youth. Uh, and we've talked about this before on, on various occasions. You know, I've heard people say, why well, uh, you know, it's like he was making this up or whatever. Well, I don't know that. Uh, Maybe he was being very truthful in saying all these things, uh, uh, but that didn't mean he was perfect before God. Uh, And none of us will ever be perfect before God of our own works and of our own deeds and of our own... We just, we're not that good. <laughs> uh, as Brother Adam said, there's one thing we all deserve fairly and commonly, and that's we deserve an eternal hell to be banished from God. But, but thank God, by the grace of God, that's not what, uh, what we receive. And so uh, he tells us here in this, uh, He answered and said to him, Master, all these I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. And said unto him, One thing thou lackest: Go thy way, and sell all, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Uh, And come, and take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at all that. He was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. I think that little verse in there, verse twenty-one. Jesus, beholding him, loved him. You know, we can get the idea that, so you know, I, I probably heard, not among uh, Primitive Baptists probably, but heard people make the comments, you know, uh, uh, you know he, just, he just turned away from Jesus and went to, uh, because of his worldly goods. And so, you know, in, in people's minds and estimations, you know where he is today. The rich young ruler's just lost eternally because, uh, uh, because of that. I want you to know Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus loved this young man, uh, but just every, everybody that Jesus loves uh, is, not, is not fully committed either. And, and everybody that Jesus do, uh, loves is, doesn't always do everything Jesus says for him to do. Jesus commanded this young ruler right, and told him, if you'll, just, if you'll just want one thing. He said, there's something I, I can see. Now, I'm putting this in my words. You know that. Uh, there's some, one thing I can see as I look into your heart. You're full of lust. Uh, you're full of uh, envy, you're full of uh, pride, uh, you put more faith in your, in your goods and your riches than you do in me, why don't you go sell all those things and then you'll have a treasure in heaven because you'll see what true, true treasure truly is. And he went away sad because he wasn't willing to do that, to turn, take up his cross in that sense to lay aside those things doesn't mean when he went away that Jesus didn't love him okay so we will go back to Matthew chapter 20 uh, and it says uh, then it says and Jesus said unto his disciples after this one had went away sorrowing uh, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven it's difficult why because it takes humbling yourself like a little child uh, it takes uh, maybe getting rid of uh, seeing uh, setting your goals on all the worldly riches of this world so you can turn aside and see the treasure in the field boy I'm telling you Today, when you think about all the different things that people are looking looking for and all the treasures that they treasure out there in the world, how many of them look outside and see that in that field over there, there's a great treasure? I can, I can, I can assure you, uh, and I, you know, uh, yeah, as much as probably I can assure you, I can assure you people drive by this little building here, no telling how many times, and, uh, and probably say, well, what a sad situation. That little church there, you know, it's been there a lot of years, but it sure is sad. I'm telling you, they're missing a treasure in a field. They're missing a the treasure, my friends. Uh, uh, and there's many other places like Liberty and other places. Uh, people may drive drive by and say, well, you know, that's a sad situation there. Uh, but they may be missing the greatest treasure. Uh, uh, this, uh, this, and, uh, and I'm not taking away from that and saying our greatest treasure is not Jesus Christ, okay? Because He is. Uh, that's truly the treasure in the field. Uh, uh, but uh, sometimes we, we can look at Jesus Christ, and people did in that day, uh, and say, others have, could He save, uh, but Himself He could not save. Uh, they looked on him and pitied him that day uh, when he went to the cross. Uh, my friends, they were missing a treasure uh, there. They were missing the greatest work that was ever accomplished on the face of this earth uh, there some 2,000 years ago. They were missing the pearl of great price uh, uh, because they said, uh, He has no place to lay his head. Why, he's a vagabond and a wanderer. Who is this man, Jesus Christ, the great treasure of all treasures the greatest pearl that ever was. And so uh, when his disciples looked at him and said, Again I say unto you, It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And when his disciples heard it, they were exceeding amazed and said, Who then can be saved? Why, uh, if, if, if the rich man can't get it done. Uh, well, I'll tell you, the richest man that ever was got it done. But he got it done on the cross. And not, to, not with riches of this world. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, said, Who then can be saved? And Jesus beheld them and said, With men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Uh, even the rich, rich ruler that wasn't willing to lay aside his riches to serve Christ here in this world, uh, Jesus Christ saved, can save him by his, by, because what was impossible for that young man to do. Christ was able to do. And so then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Brother Adam uh, said this morning. Uh, they're thinking, they're still thinking. I, you know, as much as we love uh, Peter and John and James and uh, John and James's mother the, uh, and all of them, they were still thinking of a worldly kingdom. I mean, they were... Right up to the very right up to the very end, almost I'm going to say they were thinking Jesus was coming to an establish it. They still saw that this one that the, the scriptures had prophesied uh, this son of David that was going to be seated upon the throne. Uh, uh, they saw him coming back to Jerusalem and ruling and reigning there, and once again establishing the great kingdom of the nation of Israel out there in that land, and here he came, uh, uh, the poor son of a carpenter uh, uh, born in Bethlehem, uh, born in a manger. Uh, living in Nazareth all those years, what good thing can come out of Nazareth? Come and see. <laughs> come and see. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Come and see. And see if not the best thing that ever was came came out of that city that day. Uh, so he says, Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? You know, and here's where, here's where I wanted to go with this, this, one of the things this afternoon real quickly. I'm going to show you a treasure in a field. And and I think so much of the world misses this today. Just what, and I think when I read this, you'll, you'll see this. So So Peter comes and says, we've, we've left all. As Brother Adam says, they really hadn't really left it too much. You know, they can always go back to it. Uh, but uh, uh, we've left all to follow you. What are we going to have? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit on, this, on the throne of his glory, ye shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And that sounds, I don't know about you, I, I don't, I'm not sure I get the full picture all the time of what that is. Sounds pretty big to me. Uh, sitting on twelve thrones, judging twelve tribes of Israel. Verse 29. And everyone that hath forsaken houses... Our brethren, our sisters, our father, our mother, our wife, our children, our lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold. Oh, was he talking about riches? It's gold and money. Uh, whosoever left side, left side uh, houses, brethren, sisters, father, mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. <clears throat> and many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. In another place in the scriptures, it tells us he'll receive a hundredfold. What? Mothers and brothers and sisters and fathers and and so forth. That's what, that's what the thing is. What are you going to receive here? Part of what you receive is a gift that's beyond uh, measure for many people to comprehend today that we get a family. We get brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles and cousins and so forth in a sense here in the church uh, and in the kingdom of heaven that are, are unrivaled anywhere else. I've said this before. I I love my brother and I love uh, my sister in law. So if they ever listen to this, which uh, is doubtful, uh, but if they but if they ever were to listen to this, uh, I I would say I'm close to them. But there's so many of you, I'm actually closer to. In a sense, I see you more often. Uh, we have a bond. Uh, that uh, that that I don't have uh, with him these days. There's something about this family that's together uh, here, together with one another, uh, that's that's so sweet and so precious uh, in in so many ways. And so so those that have left fathers and mothers and household and brothers and sisters, you'll receive a hundredfold. What? <laughs> and uh, and the first shall be last. Or <laughs> are, are let's read. I'll read this right. And many that are first shall be last, and the last. Shall be first. Let's turn over, if we can, to the Book of Luke, and we can look at. We'll look at a couple of stories. Uh, Brother Adam was uh, mentioned one this morning, and and may have even mentioned the other one. But I'm going to turn over to the to the story in the uh, 16th chapter of the uh, the Book of Luke, or is it the 17th? I'll figure this out as I look at it here in a minute. Uh, In the 16th chapter of the book of Luke, uh, and we have the story of Lazarus and the rich man. I've heard this described by by others on other occasions as a parable. Jesus does not say it's a parable. Uh, He just tells a story about Lazarus and a rich man. Uh, and as he reads, and as he reads this story, uh, or as he tells this story, relates this story, uh, he's. Uh, I, I want you to get a picture and think about that portion of scripture that we just read a minute ago. Uh, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. He tells us here in the in verse, and I'm just going to dive into the verse 13. No servant can serve two masters, uh, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon. And the Pharisees also who were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him, and he said unto them, ye, which, uh, ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. That's a verse for us to remember, by the way. Uh, write it down, pencil it down, remember it from time to time. Those things that are highly esteemed among men are an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were unto John, and since that time since that time the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it. For it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one tittle of the law to fail. Whosoever putteth away his wife and marrieth another committeth adultery, and whosoever marrieth her that is put away from her husband committeth adultery. Okay? So he's just telling us some of these some of these laws and regulations. Then he begins this in verse nineteen of Luke sixteen. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. He was, he was arrayed in fine linen. He was well fed. He had, it, he had a good life, okay? And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which laid at his gate. Uh, he laid outside the, uh, the residence uh, at the gate of this, uh, of this rich man. Uh, and he was full of sores. Had obviously been uh, was either had various health problems, or had been laying there and couldn't move, and had gotten sores on himself, or maybe there were other things that afflicted him that caused him to have sores on his body, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. I'm telling you, you're getting a picture of something that is uh, that's gross. Uh, into our minds and our way of thinking just to think. Of, here's a man that's sick all and laid at a rich man's gate and all he's wanting is the crumbs that fall from the rich man's table and he's so poor himself, he lays there and allows the animals, the dogs to lick the sores uh, that are upon his body. Uh, and it says, it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died... And was buried. <laughs> uh, got two different descriptions of what happened there. Uh, the beggar died, was carried to Abraham's bosom. The rich man died and he was buried. And it says in hell he lifted up his eyes being, tor- being in torments and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger up in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. I want you to remember he did not say this was a parable. He's telling you the story of two men. <clears throat> and he says that Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest the good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Uh, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And besides all this, between between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. If you can't come and I'm going to put this he's tormented in the, in the, in the in, by the fires of hell is what it sounds like he's describing to me, and he's begging for allow Lazarus to come and just dip his fingers in water and cool my old tongue off uh, and he says there's a great gulf between us. I believe by the way, based on this story, just y'all, I pitch this in for free this afternoon based on this story, I believe one of the torments of hell is the fact they can see the pleasures of the righteous. They'll be able to witness the joys of the righteous uh, from from their place. I trust God that we'll, we'll not be able to uh, see the torments of hell, but part of their torment will be to see the joys of the righteous all the days of their life. So he, they ask and beg, say, allow Lazarus to just come dip his finger in water and come just cool this old tongue of mine. And he says, no, there's a gulf fixed. In other words, by the law and commandment of God, there's a distance between there that nobody can pass over, and they can't pass over from heaven to there or there, back to there. He says, well, if you can't do that then, uh, he says, just send Lazarus uh, uh, to my brethren. Uh, and so he says the son, uh, that I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would send him, verse 27, to my father's house, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. <clears throat> And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. We can always sit there and say well, yeah, if Lazarus rose from the dead and went back to the household, they wouldn't hear him. I think there's a bigger picture behind that that says Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And if they wouldn't hear Moses and the prophets, they won't hear Jesus Christ, though he rose from the dead. And that is true, my friends, as true as it can be. And so he gives us this lesson here that says uh, Lazarus was a poor beggar in this lifetime. People would have considered him last in this old world. Uh, But I'll tell you, and on the other side, he's first. <laughs> uh, the rich man, he would appear to have had everything any man could have ever wanted. But when it comes to eternity, he was last. So he tells us uh, there as he talks through this story, they're wanting to know, what will we have? <laughs> the rich man The rich man came and says, look at all that I've done. He says... One thing thou lackest, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Then shall you have treasure in heaven. He didn't say that would give him eternal life, by the way. Uh, But he did say you'll have treasure in heaven. If you'll just go give up the things of this world. Now comes along the apostle saying, uh, you know what? uh, uh, What are we going? We've left everything. Yeah, yeah. He won't leave. The rich man wouldn't leave. But we've left everything. And what are we going to have? He says, you're going to, he said, if you've left houses and mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters for my sake, you'll have a hundredfold. Uh, And just remember, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. They, you know, as far as, uh, as far as the world was concerned, I think this is probably another lesson that would come to, you know, as far as the world's concerned. uh, In fact, I know this is true. Outside of the Bible, uh, you're not going to read any great history books about the great exceeding deeds of John the Baptist. You're not going to read about any great and wonderful deeds, any great kingdoms, any great merchant ships uh, that uh, the Apostle Peter uh, launched. Or that you're going to read of any of the great deeds in the history books of the Apostle Paul. But you know what? They might have been last in this old world. But they're first in the kingdom, kingdom of God. You know, so so he goes on. Now, I was thinking about this earlier today. Uh, he tells us over in the 15th chapter of the book of John, he tells us over there, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Man, I'm telling you, he had chosen his apostles. He's chosen his people. And my friends, we may not be first in this old world, but we'll be first Uh, in his side for the kingdom of heaven now as brother Adams uh, ably said I'll go through this quickly and I'll wrap things up for the afternoon so in in chapter 20 now he goes into this parable right after the rich man and lazarus right i mean not, not rich man right after the rich young ruler came to jesus uh, right after uh uh peter had asked uh, what are we going to have consider we've left all uh then he comes he tells them this uh, uh this story he says for the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder which went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard uh, and you know the story as he told us this morning uh whether you entered in early or you entered in late, everything was the same. And the ones that entered that came in early looked at those that came in late and says, Well, why do they get everything? That, that's not fair. Uh, today, I get so sick of hearing people talk about what's not fair uh, in this old world. It's not fair. I have to pay so much for my education. Well, la dog, da go to junior college. It's a lot cheaper there. Uh, and then, uh, then you can probably afford to get into another college somewhere, uh, and you won't have near the debt that you had uh, all those times. Uh, uh, there's ways to get things done without going uh, uh, to the uh, $30,000 a semester uh, school somewhere and then complaining about the debt that you have uh, rolled up. Uh, and then that probably doesn't lead your rich mamas and daddies to try to extort people to try to figure out ways to get your children into school uh, and so forth. And so all of these kind of things that we read today and everybody complaining that things are not fair, uh, uh, but uh, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, you don't hear somebody saying, well, it sure is fair I get up and work hard every day and it sure is fair I have to go out and earn a living. It's fair I have to do this. Now, they're always talking about what's not fair and so forth. Uh, so here we have a, a story which fits right in the lines of things for today. Uh, uh, people are looking. Uh, uh, this, this one came uh, and, uh, and offered people to come into his vineyard. Come and labor in my vineyard, and I'll give you the day. I'll give you the day's wage. And then he went out and he hired more. And he went out and he hired more. And uh, and when they came that were hired in the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. Everything the same. I'm skipping down to verse nine. And when they and when the first came and supposed that he should have received more, they likewise received every man a penny. So uh, the first uh, come along and says, "Hey, I've been here a long time. Shouldn't I have more than?" Uh, uh, Sometimes, sometimes we see that. A lot of times, I think about it. You know, in a church standpoint, a lot of people want. Well, I've been here longer than everybody else. Shouldn't I have a bigger say than anybody else about what goes on? Uh, well, uh, we've all come into the field here. Let's all have how the way things ought to be uh, uh, done. Everybody get a viewpoint. Everybody's got a vote on certain things and so forth. Uh, uh, and you know what? And ultimately, uh, in the in the picture of the context of what this is, the vineyard belonged to the belonged to the rulers. Belonged to the vineyard owner; he was sovereign over what he did, and our God is sovereign over how He operates and how He does. I thought about it. His brother Adam was preaching this morning. Uh, uh, he'll be going over to uh, Kenya a little bit later this year. I'll be going over there. You know, the churches in Kenya are being extremely and highly blessed; they really are. <clears throat> Somebody might look at that and and say. <clears throat> Well, you know that doesn't seem fair. We've been laboring at this thing longer than they have. How, how come they're so blessed? Uh, I'll tell you, it's the God, it's the it's the heavenly Father's good pleasure to give them to them the kingdom, and He's given it to them, and they're taking uh, they're taking full advantage of it, and they've gone out and worked and talked and labored and shared and so forth. And people are interested, and uh, and so so we're going over there trying to share with share with them some more, and share with them some more, uh, and they're sharing with other people and so forth. Uh, uh so, uh, you know, to sit around and complain about, well, they came in late. Uh, well, you know, maybe they worked harder in that last uh, last little bit than anybody else anyway you know, uh, that was there. Uh, so when they, received, when they received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden of the heat of the day. And he answered one of them and said, Friend, do I, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Uh... You know, God, you know, and I think Brother Adams talking about there are a lot of subtext and things you get in there. You know, and maybe pictures you can make out of it. That's maybe not even real pictures or whatever. You know, when you look at these kind of kind of stories sometimes. But I think about uh, from a standpoint of uh, of us as the Gentiles. For for us as coming into the kingdom, we're the late we're the late arrivers. 're the're the're the we 're the, we're the, uh, the limb that 's been grafted in we're the wild olive branch that's been grafted in and gotten to enjoy the benefits of the root of the kingdom uh you know and so others might look at it and say the the natural olive branches that were broken off because they weren't bearing fruit um, well, how come they get to get the benefit of all this you know after all these years I mean we had all the hard labors we came out of egypt and we wandered in the wilderness and we fought all these battles and we had you know and now they come in and get all the benefit of this. Uh, is it, not the, is it not the vineyard owner's good pleasure to do with his kingdom as he will? And the answer is yes. <laughs> he can give it to whom he will. He can remove it from whom he will. He can give, give hire to whom he will. And when he, and when he will do that. He says, take, uh, take that as thine and go thy way. I will give unto this last even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? Couldn't help, that one caught my attention, Brother Adam. Uh, Deuteronomy. You turn back over there, talking talking in the very very law of things, and I may have to turn over there real quickly to make sure I get the context of it right right now, but in the 15th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, I was looking at that this morning, uh, and, uh, and he was telling, telling them, oh, I know what the, I know what the context is now. Uh, there in the 15th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, he looked at those people. He said, somebody's gone into servitude, into your house, and they've sold themselves into servitude to you. Every seven years, they were supposed to release them, uh, release them back out on their own. And he says, don't let your eye get evil by holding them in bondage instead of releasing them as you're sure. And not only that, when you release them to go out in that seventh year, the law required them to give them crops and to give them flocks and to send them out bountifully and not in poverty. Uh, So uh, he says... Is mine eye is thine eye let me read read this right. So so here in this portion of scripture he says, uh, is it not lawful for me to do what is thine eye evil because I am good? Or would you would you have me to be poor? Would you have me to do something you think's right or wrong, just because I've got a good heart and I want to do what's right to people? Is thine eye evil just because I am good? I'll tell you, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in looking at these portions of Scripture. And he goes on and says and ties it right back to the question that Peter had. So the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Many, are, many be called, but few are chosen. I'll tell you, God calls a uh, A multitude uh but many and not many are, ch- are chosen i think that word chosen by the way you can look this up uh it comes from electos uh which uh means to be elected uh so many are called but few are chosen uh, i don't think that's talking about that there's only going to be a few in heaven out there somewhere in one of these days that's you can go read too many other scriptures that prove that prove that not to be true uh but i'll tell you what sometimes getting the benefits of god's kingdom getting the real benefits of, of living right here. Uh, not many not many come, come and follow out in that way. So there's a lot called, few chosen to really see receive the benefits of what God's kingdom is all about. There's a lot of God's people in the world today. I'm convinced the more I've studied this about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven over the last number of months, you know, uh, and not that i get it all cuz i you know if i ever think i got it all i'm probably shooting myself in my own foot you know to think well i boy, i really got it now but i got a feeling there's a whole lot of people that god loves god's children that are actually in churches on sunday mornings and other places other times of the day or week or whatever when they're and i'm not sure how many of them really get what the kingdom of heaven is all about not many people actually see the big picture of what's, what God has done and the joys that we have of entering into his kingdom, a spiritual kingdom full of his righteousness, his godliness, his glory, uh, and and seeing him truly as the king of our lives and, and the real ruler of our lives. Such a blessing for us. So if you get some of it, if I've gotten some of it, and if we get some of it, we're blessed give him all the glory may god be may god be praised uh, as we go off into a new week may god bless you